Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. This week, attempting to extract a sentient human wart creature from Don't his fucking back. ruin it! Don't spoil it! <laughs> well, now they know it's from a the top! <laughs> I guess, I mean, I guess we all are going to actually have to talk about spoilers in this. Oh. Hunter Hammond's back on the podcast. Welcome. Did I do ASMR right? I think so. Okay, cool. We'll find out. And that's it. Process. Bye, guys. <laughs> um, Hunter, welcome to have you back today. Uh, before we get into the meat of the episode, we do have quite a few news topics I wanted to fire off because you know sometimes we gotta we gotta live up to the the intro in this podcast by saying we cover movie news um and kind of some sad news um unfortunately at like the exact time that last week's episode went up um it was announced that michael k williams had sadly passed away has it been a oh wait no you said when it went up i was gonna say has it already been a week god it feels it's it's it, it will have been a week probably when this episode goes up and That's it was so like crazy. in real time i was like oh my gosh like i feel like we need to like i would have done something quickly but yeah. it was like the second that we were posting it then i got the alert on my phone that he had died and um i don't know about you just like one of my favorite character actors i, I think, love michael k williams i mean I, yeah i think i had first seen him on the wire as part of that ensemble mm-hmm. and just one of those people that like when you see his name and like the credits you're like oh i feel like i'm in good hands like, the movie this- might the movie might not always be good but you know you're gonna get consistency right and he's probably best known for like some of his tv roles i mean obviously the wire is the probably wire. his, his yeah. signature role and then, you know, shows like Boardwalk Empire. And didn't he win an Emmy recently for Lovecraft Country or was at least nominated? He's nominated and yeah. the Emmys are coming up. Okay. So it might be a posthumous win. That's which that's possible. I don't know if well, I mean, I would say I don't know if uh voting happened before or after his death. I'm sure yeah. if it was after I it couldn't be. That that's too quick because the Emmys are very soon. Yeah. Um but you know that might influence that but it obviously didn't influence the oscars so like that's true um but i've heard like genuinely that he is he like even before he passed that he was the front runner for lovecraft country so it's i mean i would so much rather him not win an emmy and still be with us but if it has to be this way to cap it off with like a very you know yeah right at the very end to to get that recognition would be a good send off if a send off has to happen, you know. Yeah, I mean he's just one of those actors that I think is consistently adding an extra depth and or subverting your expectations of what you think about a particular character. Um because he can do the tough like streetwise character. I mean obviously it's kind of what made him famous. Right. Because, like, he has the look, you know, he has a, a a pretty large scar on his face and could always make people very intimidating when he needed it to be. But also, there was this real softness with him yeah. as well. He's, he was he's like, got such great eyes. Like, that's, that's the first yes. thing I thought of is he has, like, 
had some of the most expressive eyes that could just convey like an entire like encyclopedia of emotions. Yeah. So like he I you know, it was he was always consistent in the the performances he would give, even though they would be different. Sometimes they would again be super intense and sometimes they would be really like soft and like tender and I really I really liked those. Also I weirdly the only major memory I have from the mo- movie um Triple Nine. Remember when that came out? The like I don't think I've ever seen that. John Hillcoat movie. So he's in it and he plays a drag queen. Okay. Actually, I'm not sure if it's a drag queen or if it's a trans woman. If it's a trans woman, it's kind of problematic. But it's one of the few roles where I've seen like a man in a drag queen role who is not, you know, a drag queen like right. play it really sympathetically. It's a short scene with him mm. and um him and Woody Harrelson, but there's just this like I don't know, even in a role like that that could be campy and gaudy and over the top, he still brings it kind of down to yeah. down to size. And like it could you know, someone could have easily gotten in that role and, and done every <laughs> gay stereotype in the book, but he didn't. He gave a, an accurate and respectful, but also again with him just really just tender performance. And I just yeah. I mean that it's even just, goes to like his performance in The Wire of yeah. playing like a a like violent street level character who also has this like soft side and is also a a very like proudly openly gay man yeah. at a time when like that like those two things mixing on TV was just like non-existent well, in I the mean, early 2000s. I mean it's still I mean it's particularly for like majority black audiences it still isn't Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of something you don't a lot of times you still don't talk about so um and so yeah that was that was incredibly ahead of its time and he was a very very direct part of that and then you know he also didn't win an emmy he wasn't even nominated for an emmy for the wire yeah, the wire is kind of weird of like i I it didn't get nominated for like anything yeah it was Despite I, I think like very under discussed when it was shows. yeah it was very under discussed when it was on air until like the last couple seasons when yeah. people started to like come around and be like no 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 this is actually like one of the best series on television but um he he will be sadly missed I'm gonna really miss seeing yeah him it really he's anything. one of those he's one of those actors you know I feel robbed of what a a late stage Michael K Williams could have brought yeah and it's just it's incredibly sad and it's just also incredibly just uh kind of what's the word it's incredibly indicative of how kind of silent yet fully controlling addiction can be Mm -hmm. particularly in hollywood that someone you know you might not ever even consider that that would be a problem let alone a problem to the point of an overdose and it's just it's you know, check on your friends, man. Yeah. So, and a little bit of, you know, more uplifting news. Um, We did get some look at some new trailers last week. Um, I mean, obviously there is the Netflix re- finally sort of released footage for the Adam McKay movie, Don't Look Up, which I'm still looking forward to. I know you're a little scared at this point. Um, 
I don't know. I just don't feel at this point. I feel like the the political commentary of it's going to be. It just looks like it's going to be so freaking on the nose, and I don't yeah. know if. And I just don't know how funny it's going to be to justify that. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see the balance, it, right? Or the balance and our uh audiences, Netflix watchers, whoever, wherever people are going to watch this, like how susceptible are people going to be to a uh comedy about, or how like welcoming are people going to be to a comedy about um government and media uh sort of like shitting the bed over a like global catastrophe when that's basically kind of what's been happening in the last yeah. couple of years and what and how much is that going to be like a little like hit too close to home i don't really want to engage with this um mm-hmm. but the trailer i really wanted to ask you about matrix baby <sighs> we're back <laughs> I'm, okay. I, I'm gonna toss it to you you and i have had many wachowski conversations yeah. i just i like if you had asked me a, a week or so ago i probably would have been like yeah i'm i'm open i'm sure let's let's see what it's it's gonna be uh, especially with lana wachowski coming back to it and then i saw the trailer and i was like let's like flip the table over like let's yeah. go when I watched the trailer the first time, I was like, "God damn, that looks good." I miss movies like this, like real blockbuster, right? Like, like real blockbuster motherfuckers. I mean, not that's not. I mean, it's an IP, but it didn't start as that. No, I mean, so, like, like that's that's that hits at like the thing that like is like the chief reason I'm so excited for it. Is it because it seems like this and kind of dis- and like Dune basically are like the two like auteur like blockbusters that like regardless of your feelings on the properties or whether you think it's going to be good it's like this is a like filmmaker's pure vision and that's going to extend to even like the set pieces and stuff like like you and i both really like chloe zhao but like the more i keep seeing from this eternals movie the more i keep thinking it's going to be like your typical marvel movie just with a little like chloe zhao seasoning sprinkled over it but like but like the wood even the Wachowski movies I don't like go for it. Like, like go yeah. beyond and like, they have a way of staging action and set pieces that it yeah. is. It's and just like, like, they're willing it, to push the bar. And it was, I mean, yeah. And I would so much rather see that than like, you know, what we get most of the time mm-hmm. now. Um, Cause the girls just aren't bringing it anymore. But, um, but yeah. And I mean, that's one thing too. Well, one thing I like about it too is because it does feel purely like a movie in that mm-hmm. the matrix, while it has become an IP, it is a movie IP. It is mm-hmm. not based on a book. It's not based on a comic book. It's not based on a previous series. It's not a remake. It's not anything. It is a sequel, but a sequel to original movies. And that's something we don't see a lot of. It's why like, it's why I still think avatar two is going to do well at the box office because mm-hmm. people are going to see it. They're going to know the name, but it's not like a, you know, they're not going to feel fatigue over it because we, it's not like we're getting four Avatar movies a year or like, you know, for the past 10 years, you know. So I think people are going to be hopefully receptive to it. From what I've heard, it's 50 times crazier than the fucking trailer. Oh, the the Matrix movie or the Avatar? The Matrix. Oh. <laughs> oh, Matrix. There's not an Avatar. I, I was like, did then whoever's leaking these netflix movies to drop something dead ass i mean <laughs> um, i mean they dropped the hawkeye trailer this morning and i yeah 
don't really care that much. Um, but yeah, I I hope this is just like yeah. batshit insanity. Crazy. Like I don't even yeah. care if it's incomprehensible of just sort of like kind of uh, just to piggyback off. Good, of what you that's said, consistent he, with the rest of the Matrix right. movies. Or, that's or, what I want. Yeah. I want to be able to watch it multiple times and still not fully understand it, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, like I'm just glad we're getting a blockbuster that it's just like that. Like you said, like has style and a, yeah. and a like visual wonder to it of just like I I just sort of realized watching this trailer how much and it's just over the so, top action. Yeah, how much so many blockbusters just look like oh that's like a parking lot in Atlanta. Yeah, well, and it's it, it's. You know, it's one of those things, too. It's like, that's that's how you properly mix CGI and stunt work. Mm-hmm. Instead of just replacing the stunt people with CGI, if you can mold it together the way that, even the way it just looks in this trailer, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna hit people differently because we just don't get that level of, like, care into a... A, a film like that do i think it's going to be polarizing thematically absolutely but i think everyone's yeah. going to have fun watching it i'm, and I'm excited I will... for the idea of like especially it seems like a good possibility is lana's coming back and being like i i am going to recontextualize the legacy of this series and my go- sister is gone and i can do whatever the fuck i <laughs> want um yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for that idea of, like, I mean, it's we're getting that, and we're also getting, like, Tragedy of Macbeth, which is, like, the first mm-hmm. Cohen film without both of them, and I'm yep. really excited by that prospect, because I'm really interested in seeing what elements of Wachowski-isms did mm. Lana specifically bring to the table, as yeah. opposed to Lily. Same with Joel and Ethan Cohen. What yeah. is... Is it Joel directing? It's Joel, because Ethan, yeah. I believe there is an interview with one of their, like, composer they typically work with that mm-hmm. basically said, like, Ethan's done. Ethan, like, doesn't want to make movies anymore. He wants to, like, write plays or something. And that's fine. So yeah. and it, so I'm interested to see what Joel Cohen brings to the table that isn't going to be there because Ethan brought something else. Or, like, right. I think it's going to be interesting to see how, like... In, how individual voices of kind of popular directing duos or groups or whatever um, pull it off, and I think it will be interesting. I also will say, watch the first trailer. I watched the trailer first on my phone just mm-hmm. because I, it was there. They played a trailer for it before *Malignant* the other day, and I wasn't even in like an IMAX or anything. I was just in a regular, regular theater. When all of the like feed, like feed your head. The when White Rabbit really kicks in. Repeating. Oh, I was like, I feel, I have felt something. I feel something for the first time in a long time. I was Whoa. like, oh, wait. Wait a second. Denis Villeneuve might have been right. Maybe <laughs> theaters are magical. Uh, Well, we'll definitely be eagerly anticipating that. The last little bit of news I want to bring up. Um, We're kind of in the heat of festival season. Both Venice and Telluride wrapped up toronto's going now but um i just wanted to quickly ask you we don't have to spend too much time on this have you heard of the movie that like won the golden lion at venice it's called happening no yeah i have not um it i only bring this up because it's interesting to note that the last four movies that have won the golden lion have been big oscar players so yeah and like i mean it's also the second first time ever that the golden lion's been given to two women in a row mm-hmm. um and right now we have a female palm door golden lion 
and best director yeah but also was the golden lion the previous year right <laughs> like female directors so that's cool i've never heard of it and honestly that excites me mm-hmm. because like i feel like so much of the time in award season by the time i actually see a movie so many fucking people have seen it before me right and, like said everything that needs to be said that it almost feels like okay i'm finally seeing this movie like right cool let's see if it lives up to all the hype and a lot of times it doesn't because festival hype is it's real festival hype syndrome is real like people will say it's the best shit ever and it's not and vice versa sometimes sometimes people will say something shit and it ends up actually being pretty good um and that's what happens when you invite the same six critics to the same five film festivals ad infinitum that being said um no, I haven't heard of it, and I'm really excited. I'm interested to see, though, now. I don't know if they've made the selections yet, but it looks... And I'm also not 100% sure of the the country of origin that Titan is going to be yeah. claiming. Because now it's like, well, fuck, do we go with the Palm d'Or winner for our Oscars pick? Right. Or do we go with the Golden Lion winner that we also have that's also a French film? Which... Now this is it, this is one of these moments that shows how fucking useless the like country picking system and the best international oh yeah thing is because in reality both should have a chance. But Julia Ducourneau is Belgian, if I'm correct, and produces and films a lot of her films in Belgium. Mm. I know Raw was technically, even though it was French language, because obviously they speak French in certain parts of Belgium. Um. It was considered a Belgian film, but I can't find any information about who's claiming Titane. I yeah. feel like France, France, ideally, when it won Palme d'Or, would have wanted to, but now it's a little hazy, and I don't know if Belgium can claim it. Because that would be cool if both of them would be able to get in, but that's kind of muddying the waters a little bit, but... um yeah. But, well, but yeah, well, I mean, it sounds, we'll it sounds good. I love, I mean, you know I love a good French movie. Mm-hmm. They they do they just hit stuff shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I just have a fucking stroke? Oh my god, <laughs> their shit just hits differently. Yes. So uh, um, so before we get into mainly talking about Malignant, I did want to bring up that oh by the way we're talking about Malignant this week, the James Wan movie. I um, But I did want to bring up to you, I went and saw the Paul Schrader movie, The Card Counter, this weekend, and just wanted to give you the opportunity to ask any questions that you needed needed to answer no yeah. no matter how big or small about uh about this 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 latest paul schrader experience oh yeah cool is it as shitty as the trailer makes it out look to be no 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 i actually like quite enjoyed it i okay. i don't think it is like uh it is not i would say the kind of like major work that something like first reformed was a few years ago but it is like a pretty solid like like it is what you expect of like it's a Paul Schrader movie about a card counter. Yeah. Like whatever your image, like he returns to the same character types and motifs uh-huh. over and over again. It is it is it is it is a kind of story with kind of character archetypes that he's used to coming back to. But I I enjoyed its kind of like brooding nihilistic vibe, and I yeah. think Oscar Isaac is really good in it. Um, um question. really terrible trailer though. I will yeah terrible trailer. Also, I mean, it's easy to root against because Paul Schrader is easy to root against. And it's kind of really <laughs> I'm not saying that because, like, I just don't. He's just. Why do we have to give racist grandpas, like, <laughs> money? It is funny you bring up the grandpa bit because there are a couple, like, 
they're not like offensive jokes, but there's a couple like joke, like there's a Google Earth joke, and there is like a couple shot choices where it's definitely like, oh, this is just an old man who thinks this is like really cool, and it's yeah. like it's it's like kind of corny, but like corny in a just sort of like yeah. kind of like cute endearing way. <laughs> yeah, I'm really interested because apparent like I'm noticing that this person also is getting a lot of attention from a fair amount of, like, auteur directors. How is Tiffany Haddish in it? Because she, like, <laughs> is, well, because she's in this, and then she's also, like, talking with, doing something with PTA. Yeah, he's he's been, I believe, that, uh, I forget what award show it was. It was during that, that like, 2018, 2017, 2018 award season, whenever Phantom Thread was coming out, and he, yeah. like, on stage, like, called out to her and was like, Call me. It was the Call same my year because it was the same year that Girls Trip came right. out, and it was um, like I think she won at the film, New York Film Critics Circle. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that happening, especially because PTA has like a lot more of a funny bone than Paul Schrader does. Um, it was interesting going back and like seeing some earlier Paul Schrader movies of like he's gotten good dramatic performances out of comedic actors before, like Richard Pryor in Blue Collar, incredible uh-huh. performance. Cedric the Entertainer, I think, really good in First Reform. Oh, my God. I was so thrown off because he's not credited as Cedric the Entertainer. It's Cedric yeah. Kyles. And I'm like, Cedric Kyles, he must be new. And then I was like, when I saw him on screen, I'm like, that's Cedric. Cedric Kyles! What? Yeah. Oh, my God. And, like, yeah, he's really, really yeah. good in so First she, she's she's good. I would say um, I've been telling people her and Isaac don't so much have chemistry in the movie as she's clearly looking at Isaac the entire time, like a tree that she really wants to climb. And, um, well, bitch, so do I, <laughs> that's that, that's that was a, pretty like, that's, that not was, a her, that's not a her problem. <laughs> no, I mean, Oscar Isaac's a very handsome man, but that, that is like, also, re- isn't she taller than him? Isn't she can't uh, really climb him like a tree. If he's five, eight, I, I, I think so. I think they do some, you know, maybe like perspective, stuff to get them a little bit more even height wise but um but no i i enjoyed her in this movie if only because of like in every scene that she's in with oscar isaac like you can tell that she is just like it it was just like really fun to watch like someone just like starstruck and like drooling over this other like very attractive movie star that's fun yeah i did and the movie i don't think it's really for me but i because it's focus features i know that it's coming to mm-hmm. streaming in 17 days and i can wait that honestly yeah it is it is a a solid if 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 you're into the paul schrader vibe you'll probably enjoy it if you hate paul the like stereotypical paul schrader movie it's probably not for you is probably like the best example i could give but best oscar isaac performance i've seen since inside lewin davis is probably the that- reason to see it really he's really really good in this that is that is a lofty that's a lofty like claim he's he he worked like i remember when first reform was coming out schrader saying that he was originally the first person that schrader thought of for that role and then was like no he's he's too young i need someone a little older and so it makes sense that now he's gone he was like oscar isaac is my favorite actor i want to like work with him or something and so they're uh, they're kind of a match made in heaven. They they work really well together. The main uh thing we're gonna you wanted to talk about this week is the new James Wan horror movie, Malignant. What a hoot! I have to say, <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it so much. I was I was like, 
I almost like fell out of my seat a couple times in just like giddy excitement. And I don't even think I love this movie as much as you do. I was just, I, there, there was a yeah, couple moments where I was just me. like, Oh, that's, oh. oh, it's growing on me. That's a fucking pun. <laughs> wow. Um, so a little background. I mean, if anyone for some reason doesn't know James Wan, I feel like he's like low key, one of the most successful horror movie directors ever. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of, he's launched like three of the biggest horror franchises in yeah. Saw, Insidious, and The Conjuring movies. He's kind of this generation's Craven, I think. Oh, yeah, that's 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 good of like, you know, the big kind of, he can somewhat sell a movie just on his name alone. Yes. And is kind of and, seen as the, the top of his generation. And if for, he can't sell it on his name, he can at least sell it on the director of these three movies you've right. absolutely fucking seen. Yeah, definitely. Um. So, um... Yeah, I, and I mean, this was just, like, kind of a strange, out-of-left-field, like, okay, he's doing something original, because, you know, he took a break from horror, he did, um, what's he it did, called? He did a Fast and Furious movie, he, and he did he an did Aquaman that, movie. And then he did Aquaman, I think he did Conjuring 2 in between, which Conjuring 2 is better than Conjuring 1, fucking sue me, but... And um, both are d way better than Conjuring 3, which we, Mark Marusis and I talked about on this podcast, and you really miss uh, James Wan's direction in, in that movie. Is I mean, really. Saying. I will say, there was one thing I did see behind the scenes of the Conjuring 3, that scene where she is in the woods, and it suddenly shifts to, like, nighttime, mm -hmm. where it does that, like, that was done practically, and that was really cool to see, but that was oh. about it. Everything else, um, I'm just kind of like, I, yeah, it was just a bore. It was just boring. It yeah. wasn't that. I didn't like it, and it was like KJ Appa is like a discount version of like every other white dude on the face of the earth, and y'all couldn't even get him. Y'all had to get a discount version of the discount for this role. Are you kidding me? No. Um, yeah, wasn't a fan of the third one. Definitely was missing his touch there. He's been producing a lot. You see, Tom yeah. Monster's logo and a lot of stuff. He produced the Mortal Kombat movie that was earlier this year which i know a lot of people hated but i um i didn't <laughs> hunter hunter bought the steel book <laughs> i did buy the steel book it's fun i love i mean i love mortal kombat as a game though so like it wasn't taking much to impress me especially as someone who doesn't really like the 90s mortal kombat mm -hmm. movies which is controversial to say but i like new mortal kombat more because that's just my generation but yeah, he's um he's been doing that, but this was kind of like, oh, he's coming back and doing something uh horror and original and serious. Yeah. And then you realize pretty quickly in, he's serious about something. But it's not being serious. No, no, no. I would say it's it's interesting this is as much as I was excited about this as like a return to horror for him, this has much more in common tonally with like the two franchise blockbusters he did, like it is this is a like um earnestly schlocky movie if that yeah. makes sense it I is, mean, it, it, is, it is such has a... no pretensions whatsoever it yeah. it is not like i was expecting and i think it's being marketed by warner brothers as a little bit of like the sort of controlled seriousness yeah. and kind of creeping dread of like insidious or but how um, can you Conjuring. market it as anything else when you only have literally the first act of footage to work with because i'll mm -hmm. i'll give it to them that trailer kind of sucked i yeah. saw it and i was like i guess i mean like i mean it's james wan i'll go see it you know i'm right. interested but like 
I mean, it doesn't really look all that interesting. But then I got, like, a super, super hard R rating, and I was like, okay, you have my attention, mm-hmm. but I still don't know. And then, of course, this movie, like, Warner Brothers didn't screen it to anybody other than, like, a couple yeah. critics. Because I can kind of see why, or I can yes. see why they would be a little unease because, like I said, it is... It tested th- horribly. Yeah, it's it's been getting a lot of, even I've been noticing on, like, Letterboxd and among critics that I've followed, like, a little bit of, like, mixed reactions of s- some people. It's definitely got, like I said, I think that earnestly schlocky vibe of it that is, like, this is hard, hard B-movie. Yeah, and it, and it shows how, like, how a talented director can still show off his talents while also boldly, and I mean boldly, embracing camp. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that the effectiveness of either of those things is hampered from the fact that there is either good direction or the fact that the screenplay is oftentimes, like, comically stilted. Like, it's not like... There is not one moment of this movie, and I the thing is, I think some people think it is, there's not one moment of this movie where Juan is not completely in on the joke. No. I mean, absolutely in on it. Or I don't even know if it's so much like he's in on the joke as much as, like, he just sort of earnestly likes this kind of, like, low-grade, trashy horror. And I'm, like, saying that in sort of, like, objective quotes because, like, I I actually think the movie's pretty fun. But of, like, you know, uh, the two kind of, like... The scene where she's, like... I'm adopted. And it's like, (laughs) that's the moment when I knew what kind of movie we had. And I was like, like the girl was like, yeah, it was like a close up of her eyes. Like she had just seen the devil. Like it was, it was so, yeah. And that was a moment where I was like, Oh girl, I see you. And I mean, that's the thing people, I mean, I've seen some people complaining about this film's shallow, um, like, inspiration and people are like oh just because it's red lighting doesn't mean it's shallow i'm like yeah you're correct like doesn't mean it's shallow what makes it shallow is the fact that it is literally a crime film like Mm. a like a police detective film that also was a slasher film at the same time and all of those films in italy when they were made if you think of like Dario Argento stuff, or you think of Suspiria. Mm-hmm. The first, I'm sorry, the original Suspiria has the exact same like acting style yeah. and like and full on. I mean, just it's stilted. It's un, it's inhuman almost because mm-hmm. you know it, it was it was like it's a screenplay written in Italian and, and hastily translated into English, and I mean. It, it shows and that you get that vibe here almost it's yeah like, i i'm definitely like i i thought immediately about like 30 minutes in i was like oh this is not like another haunted house movie this is his his giallo movie. yeah like, and it's, like it's got the kind of like hysteria and kind of like yeah big like broad stroke style yeah. choices of those movies while also the kind of like those movies are kind of silly, but they're silly in a fun way, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. They're silly in a fun and incredibly stylish way. Mm-hmm. They are not just, like, they're not cheap horror films in the sense of, like, a cheap horror film is something that is not scary, not entertaining, and it looks like shit. Mm-hmm. This movie looks good, it's entertaining as shit, and it honestly had me very scared at some points of, like, oh, oh, like... And it's, you know, and that's the thing. It's just, like, people are complaining about, you know, oh, it's just red lighting. And it's not that. It's, like, 
we get the whole, like, detective storyline that kind of goes nowhere, but guess what? The detective storyline in Suspiria kind of goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, there's just this... And it, and it mixes it with kind of the... Mixes that kind of craziness with elements of the American slasher film, which was directly inspired from Jalo Works. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird, like, hybrid film of, like, where the subgenre started, where it went, and what the fuck I'm doing with it now. Because Yeah, or it know. was interesting, like, in the week leading up to it, at, out of, like, no relation just of to, like, I was having trouble sleeping at night, and, like, oddly enough, I was like, you know what? All of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies are on HBO Max, so I'm going to watch all the ones I've never seen before. And, you know, getting into the... Sorry about that. (laughs) Well, I think it connect... It weirdly, like, affected how I watched Malignant because of, you know, a lot of those, like, late 80s, early 90s Elm Street installments that I'd never seen of, like... Did you you turn gay after watching part two? No, but, like, what, what what a just, like fascinating movie yeah. I, was, I just had my jaw on the floor the entire time i was like this lives up to all the like i love the opening of that movie that the fucking school bus this. opening oh my god where they all where all the kids go to hell like, I, oh. I was just the bit where freddy krueger kills the gym teacher by like basically like tie like tying him up bdsm style and then like whipping him with a wet towel was just like i was just like wow wow the, and it's, it's, it's not a, even subtext at this it's point. Not it's not a good. It's surface. not really a good movie, but it's such no. an iconic one, honestly. Um, but but in the way that those movies, like a lot of those nightmare sequels, are very very like they're not they're not trying to be anything more than just kind of like kind of like cheap schlock, if that makes any sense. Or they're they're not they're, even the first one was. Yeah, they're not trying for any aspirations. They're just sort of trying to be these kind of like gnarly kind of like low grade thing but there is like moments of craftsmanship and like some of the like makeup effects and stuff here whereas like in the similar way that i think like malignant this is a very kind of like hard b movie sort of trashy if it's not a throwback to jalo it it could even be seen as a throwback to like an era of horror movies when it's just like no to make a horror movie was not aspirational it was just sort of like a cool fun gnarly thing to make yeah but there can still be moments of like high craft in there that you can appreciate even if when you sort of like finish up the movie you're like i don't know that that was like the greatest thing i've ever seen but of like that was kind of a you know fun gnarly enough experience if that makes any sense yeah and i mean you want to talk about you want to talk about a fucking blank check Oh yeah, this is definitely a blank check movie for him. Oh, he said I directed Aquaman, Aquaman for you guys, and I'll direct the second one if you give me what thirty million dollars. I approximately, I don't know how much movie actually. I I don't know how much. I wouldn't even be surprised if it didn't cost that much, but he used most of the budget for like a handful of like really elaborate sequences. Forty, forty million. Okay, so like a solid like mid budget movie, I would say. Yeah, um forty million, I would say like twenty five went to the practical effects, ten went to the CGI effects, um I would then say four went to the cast, half a million went to uh marketing because it didn't do that um very well, and then I would say about fifty six cents went to the wig budget in this film. <laughs> um so um malignant really is pretty apt for this film i mean there are times when i 
Annabelle Wallace's wig is just hateful. I'm just like, why did y'all do my girl like that? She's so beautiful, and y'all got her looking like... You got her looking crazy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, those... But that's also... It kind of adds to the, like, the schlocky, like, hilarity of it all. And it's not... And it really isn't, like... I mean, it is hilarious. Let's be real here. It's hilarious. This is about the hardest that I've laughed. It's it's hilarious. We can talk about where it goes if you want, but there is a moment where the it the movie like makes makes a pivot or has a reveal, and like I was like like screaming and cackling with joy when that when the movie revealed what it oh okay reveals. so here's the thing i'm gonna make jesse's life a lot harder we're gonna talk about spoilers and then jesse's gonna put in a clip here of what to fast forward to if you don't want to hear about spoilers because i'm about to talk about spoilers okay oh my fucking god oh my <laughs> god okay when, i mean when it turns I- when when the like camera turned and there's the like i keep calling it the wart man it's just on her back and is like uh, maybe I'm misremembering this, but he's like actually screaming with a human voice. It's just like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And I mean, well, see, I picked up on it. So when she was in the warehouse with like all of the documents, the uh-huh. sister, and it said like a product of like absorption in the womb, but not a complete one. I was like, I'm like, he's a vestigial twin. What? Oh my God. And I was like, Oh my god, the movie's called Malignant because he's a killer, but he's inside her. What? And I was like, they put him back inside her head? What the fuck? And then her head, like, expanded out of her skull. And I was like, is that why she's wearing a wig? And then I was like, oh no, that's her actual hair. Okay, they're really trying to sell me on that. Wow, great job, guys. And then I was like, oh, she's about to kill Zoe fucking Bell. That in a mullet scene wig in the in the like women's prison i was laughing so i hard. literally i was in the theater like i was literally like it's a, it was like a drag show i was like trying to give tips at that point i was fucking i over the moon in in that moment of just this is unlike any horror movie I've seen in so long. It's unlike any horror movie I've been alive to see in theaters, it feels like, mm-hmm. where it's so straightforward. It's so aggressive. Yeah. This movie doesn't give a fuck. And you can tell from the beginning, too, because one know what I like about this movie, too? It embraces a very early 2000s new metal opening credit sequence. And I ain't had a good one of those in a long time. With a good one-liner leading into it, where I was like, I see you. We are we're kindred. You we're kindred director viewer relationship right now. Like I love this man. Um, also, his wife is in the movie too. His wife wrote the movie also. Um, oh, his wife was the if I'm correct was the detective who wanted to fuck the the Bane guy. Really? Yeah. She's like she the girl from like one day at a time. Was that her? Maybe I'm thinking of someone. I else. think that's her. Oh, never mind. Sorry. It probably was someone else then. I thought it was her. She was also in The Nun. She's a Romanian actress. She's fucking gorgeous. Like, she's... Oh, my... Her name's Ingrid Bisu, but she helped write the screenplay, too. Like, she works with James Wan now oh. after working with him in one movie. So, like, get the bag, sis. Um, but, yeah, when everything really, like, hit the fan and... I mean, there's one... The scene in the police offices after they get... After, like... 
Maddie gets out of the jail cell, mm-hmm. that one-shot sequence where it, like, follows her shoulder as it's go like, and yeah. there's tearing people apart, I was like, god damn this man. God damn James Wan. Because that's one of those moments where I was like, those who might not be in on it might be like, this movie's bad, or like, this movie, like, is cheesy or whatnot, what the fuck ever. That is good ass direction. That's a good, mm-hmm. that is amazing direct. That is like, he's poking his head around the corner to remind you that this is a movie that has artistic worth and like, isn't just schlock for schlock. It's referencing schlock, but it's not directly that. In the same way, I also felt that way about a scene in the opening as well the top-down sequence in the film where she's running oh and yeah. it's like an old it, it's like shot like you're playing an old like 8-bit rpg and it's amazing it's so cool so he directs the shit out of this especially i mean once it gets going once it gets crazy like you know movie doesn't give a fuck yeah he's he's just i, I mean truly I one of the more movie... violent movies i've seen in the past couple of years yeah, and I mean, like, he, I, I thought this even around, I mean, even going back to the, the Conjuring movies and, like, you know, it, it only getting flashier with, like, the two, the Fast and Furious and the Aquaman blockbuster yeah. he made of just, like, he's a very, very technically skilled director, yeah. but it's just, like, you know, we don't often put him on the same pedestal because he, he's got, like, very, like, movie kind of silly taste in yeah. material and but of like you can see he is someone who really knows how to move the camera who knows how to build yeah. tension who knows like how yeah. to kind of hold a tone over a, a scene it may be like a, a very like silly tone but yeah or this but you know he's 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 skilled i just think he he gets a little like underrated of how accomplished he is because he he doesn't have the sort of aspirations well to... horror as a genre just never will be as fully right. respected unless you have an a24 logo at the beginning right of it. exactly um, yeah and i mean this is i mean i feel like this film reminded me a lot of like dead silence the film he made i think it was in 2007 about like the woman the doll woman um, i don't think i've seen that it's so it's another one of those movies. It's very schlocky, and it mm-hmm. was kind of it, he hadn't done Insidious or The Conjuring yet. He had only done Saw, and then a Kevin Bacon revenge action film called Death Sentence, which was also really schlocky. Mm-hmm. So he, he's really kind of coming back to his roots with the schlock in this one. He just has the educated references to make this time. Um, though Dead Silence reminded me a lot of like films in the eighties and early nineties, just kind of like the gimmicky like yeah doll movies, like you know, but just kind of like the the Chucky movies. Yeah, and it like is ironic. Yeah, and it's very ironic that it went on to spawn Annabelle in the Conjuring universe because I feel like Dead Silence is a better version of Annabelle, I guess. But I haven't seen Dead Silence in a long time. I need to I need to watch it again. But it reminded me of that one of like early early career one in his tone but late career one in the actual like craft he was able to imbue into the Mm -hmm. film i really wish i don't know why i'm making such a big stink about this warner brothers y'all announced that this movie was going to be released in imax back in like a long time ago and then the trailers didn't say it and i was like okay cool and then y'all just dropped it in regular theaters and didn't even do thursday night showings it's not at dolby it's not an imax it's not anything and you know what 
I stayed until the end of the credits of that movie, and you want to know what it said at the end? Optimized for IMAX theaters. So what the fuck? Yeah, I wonder how much of that had to do with the the pandemic versus uh, having to do with like Shang Chi still being in theaters. Oh well, I was gonna say like the reason they like screened this super super late and like a lot of critics I know like didn't even see this until it went up on HBO Max or was in theaters of just like it. It seems like Warner Brothers. You know, they clearly want to be in the James Wan business, but then, you know, they were probably expecting something more along the tone of The Conjuring, which I think is more more of what is sort of like, quote, in style in horror right now that you you may yeah. agree or, or may oh, not. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. But, it's but the then, trendy. It's the trendy thing to make. Right. And then saw this and we're just sort of like uh uh i don't are people gonna go for this i don't is this uh are people gonna like let's 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 hold off on this like it seems like they kind of were unprepared for what they got yeah and i mean for and this one too i will say it was very much so like the tone of it is particularly in the first before things got crazy i really was unsettled by this movie in its Mm -hmm. like first couple act it was kind of like this world feels off. Like, I don't want to be here. I, I think even before that, that kind of, that really funny music drop of the, like, Ooh, I'm adopted thing. Yeah. Like, the thing that really cued me into what kind of movie it was is after the Warner Brothers logo comes up, it's like this haunted castle laboratory oh, on a hill. Oh, it's straight, literally it's straight like, up. It was, like, lifted straight from House on Haunted Hill. I was like. Right, it was, like, from, like, a Vincent Price movie, and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, so I was talking about the remake, the one from 99. It looked oh, exactly, okay. it looked like that. There was a shot like that literally in the House on Haunted Hill 99. And, like, yeah. I fully was like, Cliffside Hospital, <laughs> I won. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that was sort of my first clue now that I'm thinking about it more into like oh this is the the tone of this is going to be a more kind of like like really throwback B movie of like th- this this is going to be knowingly yeah a little a, a little less like tonally serious. Yes. Yeah. Grand establishing shot of a, an incredibly sinister looking hospital with red opening credits. Right. Like you got me, you know, and then the whole opening sequence, it's time to cut out the cancer. Boom, a James Wan film. I was like, God damn it, he got me. Shit. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, this movie, it's just so fun. And I just like, I just appreciate it so much as someone who loves horror at just to be able to go into something, something produced by a studio, no less, mm. and really be surprised by what I see. Not necessarily in that. I mean, it is incredibly fucking crazy on an objective standpoint, but to go in truly not knowing, like, and having a studio truly not spoil shit in a trailer is, that shouldn't be a wild concept to me, but it is in this case of like, y'all really undersold this movie in the trailers and y'all might pay for it in box office returns and it does have a C cinema score. So like, it is definitely polarizing, but you know, God damn it, y'all have something good on your hands, and you better act like it. But I'm sure they didn't think it was going to be, but also at the same time, like, you know, re- I don't know, like, taking, like, referencing older, like, pioneering horror, updating it to your standards, but also making it fun, like, I don't see how anyone could ever hate that. Yeah. Well, But I know a lot of people who do. 
I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple people I follow give it one star. Yeah. At that point, I'm just kind of sitting off to the side, like the fucking priest and uh, or the theater teacher and Lady Bird. Just they didn't understand it. They didn't. Uh... They didn't get it. I know. I know. Um, I lost my train of thought. Lost it. Yeah. Oh. Well. Hunter, thank you for uh, for stopping by this week. Thank you for letting me scream about this movie. Oh my god, it's so fun! Um, yes, go watch it. I, uh, it's on HBO Max for the next like twenty seven for the days. next month, basically. Yeah, yeah, mostly. It's fun as shit. The wigs are really awful. It's fun to laugh at. It's fun watch it with friends. I saw it alone, and I literally was like, God, I wish my yeah, best friend was get, here with me. Get get some friends. You know, if you're vaccinated, get some friends over. Have if you're some, unvaccinated, go fuck yourself. Okay, actually, have um, some drinks and you know, just like or have, other things have a ball. that could also be fun yeah. to watch with this movie. Because oh, you absolutely could. Oh, I'm. I mean, I literally am. I'm going to Greensboro tomorrow to see my best friend simply to show <laughs> show them this movie. Wow. Yeah. Well. So. Coming up in the next few weeks on Film Inquiries, the latest. Uh, next week, Emily Wheeler's back. We're going to be talking about the career of Clint Eastwood. And I'm currently making my way through Clint Eastwood filmography. And we'll we'll see if we can cry macho together. Um, and then I'm I sure I'll get uh, Christy Strauss on at some point to talk about some of the titles she's been seeing at TIFF. Um, Ooh, that's film exciting. Inqu- film Inquiries, the latest, is brought to you by FilmInquiry.com, where you can read all sorts of great movie-related features, and we got tons of reviews from the fall festivals. Also brought to you by the Film Inquiry Podcast Network, where you can listen to shows like So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank, and uh, Blind Spots. One of my that's crazy. I missed to. it. I missed it the first time. Where can they find that website? Actually, it's uh, FilmInquiry.com. Okay, cool. And what platforms can you listen to the podcast on? Is it on Spotify and Apple it, Apple Podcasts? It, it's, it's on all the platforms. Hunter, awesome! So That's you amazing. Can, wow! You don't, you don't I'm need to have be. To check that out. You don't need to be on one one app to listen. You can you can listen to one on Apple. You can listen to another one on Spotify, and then you can just listen to this one on Google Podcasts if you want. Oh, Google Podcasts! I missed one. I didn't even know that yeah. existed. Wow! Yeah. Crazy. Y'all are trilingual. <laughs> <laughs>